Hey guys, my name's James. Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. This week's episode is sponsored by makemymortgage.co.uk. They're a UK-based mortgage advice and brokering service that have a great reputation for getting people on the ladder, remortgaging, buy-to-lets, and much more. Go check them out by going to makemymortgage.co.uk forward slash podcast. Now let's get into today's show. This is the Property Renovation Podcast where you hear the very best tips and advice on renovating or building your home from professionals in the industry and speaking to real homeowners themselves. My name's James Woodham. I'm the founder of the Property Renovation Podcast and together with the help of my team, we have just one mission, to provide you with valuable advice for free. We think the construction industry needs a shakeup, and anyone that you hire needs to provide you with honesty and clarity whilst doing a professional job. Listening to our podcast empowers our listeners with knowledge and helps make that happen. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the show. Hey guys, on this week's episode, I am speaking with Pauline Heron. She's one of the directors at a company called Development Discovery Limited. Now, before I tell you what it's all about, um, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever bought a property that you've then flipped, um, done it up and flipped it, and you've got a decent profit out of it? Um, and you're thinking about doing this again, or maybe you've done it, it didn't work out quite right the first time, you're thinking about doing it again and you want to learn a little bit more about uh, building a portfolio of, of properties. Um, maybe you've got some money uh, that you've been given from parents or grandparents and you're wondering what to do with it and you want to explore the avenue of going into uh, building your own property portfolio. Um uh, then definitely this is the episode for you. This is a three-part series of me interviewing three directors of the Development Discovery Limited uh, company. Um, they are essentially a, a company that literally guide you from the beginning um, and mentor you to help build your portfolio, find the right investors, uh, find the right areas to to buy land, buy property, um, and so much more. Um, Pauline Heron um, was absolutely fantastic when I interviewed her. I heard her story when she bought a property, uh, her first property, uh, when she was 17 years old. Um, so I'm not going to tell you any more about it. You'll be able to listen to that. At the end of the episode, she um, tells us all about the seminar that they've got coming up at the beginning of November. Um, so definitely, definitely, if you're taking this seriously and you really want to explore uh, going into property development, then definitely go to their seminar. Um, I'm sure you will learn a lot from there. There's free directors full of knowledge, years and years and years of knowledge. So, um, yes, enjoy the episode and um, thanks very much. So, Pauline, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, James. Good. Uh, so, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get into property development? Okay, so my background really comes from, um, I was 25 years in the military, so I was a military officer for 25 years, and it was during that time that I started investing in property. But I actually had bought my first property that I made money from before that, because I bought my first property when I was 17 in London, only five minutes away from where we're sitting in Wembley now. Wow. Um, and I managed to live in that property for three years, 
and I never paid a penny towards my mortgage, towards my bills, towards my food or anything um, because I'd learnt um, subconsciously through my upbringing um, to rent the rooms out because now I realise I was living as an, in an HMO as a child because my mother always rented rooms out. So as soon as I bought my first property, I rented rooms out and it completely covered my costs. Absolutely um, amazing. So my uh, biggest mistake though was that I sold that property. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk past it regularly now and know how much it's worth in comparison to what I paid for it. But my serious property investing started in the late 80s, early 90s um, while I was in the military. Mm. Um, and at that time, I was in the fortunate position that I was having good money and I had plenty of cash that I didn't want to be leaving in the bank. Mm -hmm. So I started buying properties. Okay. But if I knew now, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have had 10 properties for every single one that I bought. Crazy. I mean, to, to actually buy a property at 17 is quite an achievement anyway. Mm. Um, do you mind telling us what the price difference is now that now that uh, okay I so i brought the property hold your breath for this because it was a long time ago but it was a two-bedroom ground floor masonette in wembley and i bought it for eleven and a half thousand pounds and it's now worth over half a million it's crazy it's crazy how it's that boomed so quickly yeah. as well over time yeah so pauline what's been your biggest um challenges over the years well, it depends on um, whether you're talking property, life or business, property-wise. Property okay, so I've never really seen, um, I've never seen challenges in property and that's probably because I didn't focus on it as a business in the first instance. Mm -hmm. It was simply a place for me to put my money to build a pension pot. And um, so I started building a pension pot and I suppose my biggest challenge was um, when I first started buying them, I was getting really attached to every property I bought. Yeah. And I wasn't, again, I wasn't thinking of it as a business. I was thinking of it, oh, this is a nice house that I've just bought. How would I like this house done up? And I was always focusing on how I wanted it to be rather than what the best thing was for, for a tenant. And I must admit with my husband at the time, we had constant arguments about this because he just wanted to get it all done and rented and I was spending so much time doing it all. So um, so that was a big challenge is to, to detach myself from it and think of it as a, a rental property yeah. rather than a property I wanted to live in. Um, and this was also a prop, uh, challenge for me in the first place of looking for houses because when I was getting offered houses, they were in good rental places, um, but they were not areas that I would particularly want to live in. So mm. again, I was sort of putting the me living in it hat on, whereas really, if you're investing in property, you've got to think about who's your market, who's going to be the end user, and is the house right for them? It doesn't matter what your tastes are or whether you like the street or you like that color of the paint or whatever. It's You've got to think about the, the end user. And I wasn't doing that in the beginning. It was all focused around me and what I liked and what I didn't like. So it's about detaching emotion from it. Absolutely. And just making sure you understand that it's a, it's a business. Yeah, and I think that's it even going further forward in that is always detaching the emotional element of it because, I mean, we're human and we, we like things and we dislike things. And, you know, I've seen so often I see people, they just fall in love with something and they think, oh, this would be brilliant. And so they try everything to move everything, to manipulate the numbers, to make it work because they've fallen in love with it. Um, and that's not necessarily the right thing. And, and on the flip side, you could be passing up some really, really good opportunities because mm. they're not particularly what you like. 
think of it as a business and work on the numbers and, and the outcomes of the business rather than getting emotionally attached to the things. If someone is having any trouble um, detaching their emotion, do you have any other tips that you could give? Um, I, I actually, so, so one of the things that I work in is, is to look at trying to step outside. So it's mm. actually looking, looking at it from another perspective. So, you know, it, it, this is, I don't know if anybody's familiar with neurolinguistics or neurolinguistic programming, but this is one of the things. Look at it as a third person. So stand outside and look at the pros and the cons of it and right. see what the, what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often you can do this if you're working with an accountability partner or you've got a partner in your business where you both look at it from different perspectives. Um, but one of the things I do when I'm actually working with people is I actually get them to physically move their position. So I would say, okay, I might write on a bit of paper, this is the house or this is the project or whatever, and just put it in the centre of the floor and look at it and say, right, now me as Pauline, this is how I'm looking at this. This is what it is. I'm looking at it. And then I'll go to another position in the room and look at the same bit of paper and I'll say, right, now I'm a prospective tenant that lives in this area. What would they be looking from for that house? Then I might go from another perspective in the room and just look at it again and say, right, now I'm a funder or a JV partner that's coming in. What is appealing to me about this? So actually physically, not only mentally changing your perspective, but changing your physical physical perspective as you walk around the bit of the paper. It's, it's a really good way of changing your state and changing your, changing your, your view of things. So Pauline, tell me the best part of your job. Okay, so what I really like is the people element of the job. I, I really like the people element and the creativity. Um, so when I can engage with people, whether it's vendors, whether it's uh, the professionals, whether it's new joint venture partners or investors, I love being involved with the people element of it. And when we're looking at um, how to create things, again, that's it's it's again looking at who are the people in the end who are the end user going to be what will it be that will be right for them Mm. Um, and the idea of actually making some certainly on the development side making a brand new home for somebody that's going to come into and it's somewhere that they're going to call home you know it's something that's going to be special for them Um, it's just it's just a really nice thought to 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 go and know that you're going to provide this for somebody um, and I know, I know from my own perspective, when I when I go in somewhere, I love something new, something um, something that's just really clean and fresh, and and to see it to go in. And so the thought of somebody new coming into that, that's just a lovely way to be. Um, and 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 I love working also with um, with investors um, who who are coming to the business because you know a bit like when I was back in the nineties when I was looking for properties, I didn't really know what I was looking for, what I wanted to achieve on it. All I knew was that I was making more money by putting it in property yeah. than I was by leaving it in the bank. So I love working with investors now who are putting money into to projects to find out exactly what it is that they're looking for and what their dreams and aspirations are for it. Because sometimes it's just a place to park money. Sometimes it's because they're wanting to, to build something for their retirement or something it might be to do with their legacy. Mm. Um, and so once you get to know what their goals and their drives are, then we can sort of help them on their journey that they want to do. Um, so that's that's a great feeling to be able to help them and to also to get people to think beyond tomorrow because we live in such a fast-paced world at the moment. We tend to 
always be looking at what we're doing now and what mm. we're doing tomorrow and we don't take the time to sit back and think what's coming up much further down the line so planning for your yeah. future in a way yeah I like the bit where you said about um, you vision it as like it, 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 the end, in the end it's someone's home yeah um, but it's would I be right in saying you know it's someone's home not just for the first time but it's for decades yeah you know, it's, so many people can move in and out as well yeah absolutely so, and then uh, and I suppose the other the flip side of that is so so I've mentioned about the the newness and going into something new um, but also I love going into old buildings and then I just want to have a time machine yeah you know I want to go back to the first people who were in there and their home and see what that was like and then and just think about the stories that have gone all the way through and so that's why if, if working with old buildings um, with one with my partner Alan and um, he um, when we look at old buildings or I think his first instinct is always to knock everything down because it's so much easier in development to be building from the ground yeah, up. Yeah. Um, whereas if I go and see an old building that looks really lovely, I'm thinking, oh, no, can't we preserve it in some way or do something? Because all the history that's <clears throat> tied up in that building. Um, I think whilst I love new things, um, I think it's really important to preserve some of the history and the heritage. So we're always looking at, you know, he goes in and wants the sledgehammer for things and I go in and think, wow, can we keep it you know yeah how can you um, so it's it? about getting that balance right because so yeah so it's like you say it's not for the first person that's going to be there but that's going to be for a long time ahead and also the other thing the important thing i think too is even if you're going if you're a landlord rather than developing and selling on because we also have a number of projects we develop and hold mm. and i've got my own personal portfolio that i've been building since the 90s as well where i develop and hold them and um you know, you've got to think about that, you know, even your tenant, it's their home and they could be there for a long time. And so it, you've got to think in the same mindset when you're preparing a home for a tenant as you do if you prepare a home for a buyer um, because it's their home and it needs to be something they want. And if you get good tenants, I've had tenants that have been in my properties and um, there's one tenant that I can think of and I've had them for over 24 years in the same property. Um, you know, and they're amazing tenants, absolutely amazing tenants. Um, and so, you know, the tenants also have it as their home and it can be for a long time. Yeah, I guess it's, it is. It's important. It is someone's home. Mm. Um, tell us about the business that you're involved in now and how did you become part of that? Okay, um, so that, that's an interesting story because as I said, initially I got involved in property. Um, it was just somewhere to park my money. Okay, so I buy a house um, when I have the cash, and then when I have more cash, I buy another house. And that's why I said um, earlier on, if I had the knowledge I had then that I have now for every one that I bought, I could have bought 10. But my cultural upbringing meant that, you know, if you don't have the money, you don't buy it. And so that's how I started. So we, we started building up a good portfolio of houses. And then when my husband left the military, um, so I was involved in refurbing and, and getting them ready for, for it. And then I would sort of hand them over to agents. Then my husband left the military and we um, started managing our own properties. Um, and then we got a, a, a franchise company that we were franchising, letting agencies out to. And I helped with the structure and the build up of that business as well. Um, because I'd had quite a lot of businesses while I was in the military, of mm -hmm. a lot of different businesses that I ran alongside. And I would tend to set the business up, get them running, um, and then either have other people running them or move, sell them on. Okay. Um, so that's how I got involved in the property side of it. But it was always very much in the background because then once it was done, I wasn't actively involved in it. And I didn't think of it as a business at the time. It was just an investment for my pension pot. 
Um, <clears throat> so then when I left the military, I'm also a business psychologist. So I went into training and coaching and mentoring for businesses, first of all, with pre-start businesses and then larger international companies that I was working with to help grow their businesses. And my son then left university um, just over four years ago and he wanted to start a property business. So he asked me to join him on a property business. So I thought, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll get him started in that. And that was my idea, get him <coughs> started in it because I had my own portfolio, my, the own agency and all those sort of things going on. Um, and my idea was just to get him started. But then I thought at the point, well, actually, do you know what? I'm doing all this coaching and mentoring for people in business. I had my own mentors in business as mm -hmm. well. I thought maybe I ought to look for some property education because it wasn't around when I was uh, started. So I then started investing quite heavily in training and mentorship for my son and I in property to get him started, still not with the intention of getting fully involved in it myself. Um, so that's what we started doing. So I've got some really, really good training, really good mentors along the way. Um, and then during one of those sessions, I also met um, Alan Christie who was, again, he was a 25-year-plus property, full-time property developer. Mm. So that's what he'd been doing all his life. And yet he had the right mindset that I really connected with okay. because despite the fact that he was 25 years and, and much more experienced in property development than I first realised, he was still open enough to think there's always something new that I can learn. So he was, again, investing his time and his money in getting mentorship from people who did different things and different strategies and mm. property to him. So that's how we first met. And um, so I then looked at doing some investments in developments because the developments I was new to. So I'd had single lets, HMOs and service departments up to this stage and done some flips and title splits, but no new builds, no sort of major type of development. So I wanted to invest in one of Alan's projects. And so that's when we started talking about that. And then when I started talking to him, um, about it, I realized that actually he had such a depth of knowledge in that particular area in development that he was somebody that I really wanted as my mentor in development rather than any of the other mentors I've met. Um, but also he had a very clear way of explaining um, the whole process and the systems of things. And I thought, you know what, he would actually be really good at training and delivering this. And I, I know there's a lot of people delivering development out there, hmm. but none of them that I've met have anywhere near the level of experience or knowledge that Alan had. So when we started talking about things, um, it turned out that actually that was something he was really, really interested in. Um, and so that's how development discovery um, got uh, born, really. Okay. So. Ed and my son and Alan and I were the founders of Development Discovery. And so we, we uh, set the company up primarily to do developments that we were going to do to de developments together, mm. um, but also to help other people who wanted to get into development. Um, and so we have our, our development business, which focuses purely on our own development, but we also have a, a training business and partnership business where we help other people who want to become developers. And the interesting thing is um, that, you know, development traditionally is seen as quite high up the ladder in the property market. So most people will come in at the bottom level at looking at rent to rents or, um, or buying single lets or maybe doing a couple of flips and then they might go up to HMOs, then they might go up to SAs, then they might do commercial conversions and then they'll go up to new bills. And so you see them going up the, up the ladder, which is a safe and normal way that people will do because there are so many things you need to know. 
But actually, if you're working with the right people, you can catapult yourself from here straight up to here um, and, and get involved at that level. And we're working with partners that we're joint venturing now on a whole range of, uh, of skills and abilities and expertise. So we've got some people who've been in developments for quite a long time, but mm -hmm. never got to the scale that they wanted to. So we're working and partnering with them. And um, we're working with people who, a bit like me, are portfolio landlords that have come in and want to get into developments. And we're working with some people who've got no experience in property, um, but loads of other life skills or personal skills to bring with it. And the partners that we're working with are ranging from the age of 17 to 72. Um, so it amazing. shows that as long as you learn the systems and the processes, mm. that actually anybody can do this. But you've got to be well aware of what the systems and processes are because it's much riskier than buying a single let. Yeah, sure. Hey guys, it's James. Getting on the property ladder these days can be really, really tough. And with all of the advice on the internet, how can you be sure that you're getting the right advice? The guys at MakeMyMortgage.co.uk are super amazing. They're friendly and they offer down-to-earth advice. But most important, they offer a wide range of lending options. So if you're planning to buy your first home, buy to let, or just flip a property, MakeMyMortgage.co.uk are the ones for you. For your free consultation, go to MakeMyMortgage.co.uk forward slash podcast. Now let's get back to today's show. Is it a full-time job, do you think, someone that wants to get into property? <clears throat> Um, no, it's not. Now, there, there are a number of people. So, so some of the people that we're partnering with, some of them are still at university. Some mm -hmm. of them have got full-time jobs um, and some of it, them are in it full-time. Now, property of any kind is something that you can do part-time. Okay. Um, so you can do developments, you can do single lets, you can do HMOs, you can do them all part-time or mm -hmm. you can do them full-time. Obviously, if you're going to do it full-time, then you're going to get higher rewards and faster rewards um, than if you're going to do it part-time. But it's, it's also got to be what fits with you. Now, a lot of people say get into property and you can give up your day job, you know, and that's great if that's what you want to do. But, you know, in reality, when I was in the military and I started investing, if somebody said to me the only way I could get involved in property was if I left the military, I wouldn't have got involved in property because I was loving what I was doing. Yeah. I was loving what I was doing. And so I wouldn't do it. And, you know, I never intended it to become my full time job either because I was loving what I was doing on the coaching and the business mentoring and training that I was doing. Um, but actually, now that it's a, a, there's a whole new drive and, and level around it, because now I'm learning something new and you're never, ever too old to learn something new. And now I'm learning around the developments. To me, there's a whole new drive and passion there. Um, and because I've also been able to move my training and coaching side over um, into property rather than in business. Now, I very rarely am in general business anymore. Occasionally, I go back and work with old clients, um, but I don't promote that business anywhere because now all my training and, and development is in, in the property field, mm -hmm. and I'm loving it. And, you know, and the guys that, that I'm working with, the whole team that I'm working with in development discovery, they're all so... Um, they're also driven and so open to learning new things. And we all know that we've got our own skill sets that we're bringing, but we also know that we've got massive things that we can learn from everybody else around us. And indeed from our partners, you know, even some of the youngest partners that we've got, we learn new things from them all the time. I guess because, I mean, it is a business at the end of the day, but it's also a passion or a hobby at the same time. If you're surrounded by everyone 
that that likes doing the same thing. Yeah, um, you're going to constantly learn new things from. And I think else. I think that's the thing, and that's the thing that I used to say with people when I was doing startup business coaching with people. Mm. Um, is you know when you have a job, the traditional job, you're going there usually just to make sure that you've got the money. Now, yeah. if people, when people get into business in setting up their own business, um, they usually are doing it because it's either something they've got a passion for or something that they're really good at and that they enjoy. Now, if you can find something like that where you're going to work and you're enjoying it, then it doesn't feel like work. No. You know, my mother constantly says to me, what are you doing? Why are you going to work? Why are you going out to meetings at night? You should be retired. You shouldn't be doing this work all the time. And, you know, I say, well, mom, you know, well, what would I do if I didn't do it? Because actually I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I love meeting the people I'm with. I love doing the things I do. I love traveling to the different sites and the different locations that we're going to. Um, and so I love it. So, you know, for me, it's not hard work to be at work because it's something I enjoy. It's forever changing. It's forever developing all the time, mm. I guess. That's yeah. Good. And that's the only constant, isn't there? Is yeah. that there's always change. Yeah. And so what you've got to be is you've got to be very open to that change. And, you know, in property over the last few years, we've seen so many changes with legislations um, and, you know, different government policies and different things that are hitting landlords and a lot of landlords and people in property are getting very scared of it and a lot of them are leaving but actually you don't need to you just mm. need to understand what the changes are about and how you can actually adapt to those changes because if you can adapt then you can grow and this is where networking comes into play and um, having a mentor Absolutely. Because, you know, so networking events and, and, and I go to a lot of different networking events. I go to a lot of seminars um, and we have a team that also focus on different areas. And, and that's it's very, very hard when you're a one man band. It's very hard when you're a one man band. Um, one, to keep up with all the changes that are going on um, and two, to keep yourself motivated. So so to me, that's one of the key things. So even like in the evening, if I'm tired and and I think, well, do I really want to do this? You know, and I go out to an event or a seminar or a network event and, and I meet somebody and you can just pick up one new thing yeah. from that and it's going to have been worth it. You yeah. know, it, it's going to be worth it to do it. I've been to a couple of events this week and in fact, one of them is um, a speaker who I know very well okay. um, and I've heard his talk a number of times and uh, he's always very, very engaging at the talk and, and, and the guy sitting beside me at the table was and uh, knew that I knew this speaker and in the middle of his talk, I started writing some things down and this guy said to me, what are you writing down? You know this guy, you've heard his talk loads of times before. And I says, yeah, but he said something differently, which means that something I've learned something new mm. in the way he's delivered it. And that's been the basis of a question that he got from the floor. And this, I think, is the importance of live events because when you see a speaker who delivers the same, now he's been doing this talk for about 10 years, but it can change depending on the questions that come from the floor. So did you always know that your son would follow in your footsteps? No, I didn't. I didn't know that they would. Now, both of them have always been very entrepreneurial. And um, so, you know, I always thought that they would potentially go into their own business of some kind. Um, my son, who's in the business with me, who was the co-founder of Development Discovery, he started up his own business when he was 12 without any help from us at all and carried that on in small, small time level, but carried that on right the way through university. 
And my other son was very much into selling and wheeling and dealing. And I've, I've found out recently that he actually started in that much younger than I thought with setting his, <laughs> up his own private tuck shop when he was in primary school. Um, so, so both of them have always been involved in business of some kind or other. They've also always been around the properties. So when we were doing refurbs or whatever, um, they were always involved in that. There was one horrendous time when they went to do a, a clean out of a new house and uh, they came back and they, they came into the, the back room in the, in the house and, and my youngest son says, oh, mommy, when I went in, the couch was moving. I says, what do you mean the couch was moving? He says, I just looked at the couch and the couch was moving. And I thought, oh, don't come any closer. Don't come any closer. Get stripped off there now, right now, and get all those clothes and <laughs> fumigate them. I know what you mean if the couch was moving. So they've always been around property. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, at one time, I thought one of them at least would follow us into the military because both myself and my husband were ex-military, mm. uh, are ex-military. Um, and so one of them did look at the military route but decided actually he was too entrepreneurial for the military. And both of them are. You know, they, 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 they will both go in their own right of the way. And my youngest son is also now working in the business with us as well. He's not a partner in it, but he works yeah. in the business as well. So, no, I'm delighted to have them there. Of it can course. be a bit difficult at times, mixing <laughs> family and business. Um, but overall, it's great to have them working with us. It's a sense of pride. You're always um, be able to... They're asking you questions, I'm sure, all the time. Yeah, they are. But also, the other interesting thing is, somebody actually asked me once about one of the be who's the best mentor I've ever had. And I had to have a think about it, because I've had some great mentors. Mm. But I've also got to say, my son was one of my best mentors. Because, um, so Aidan brought in a whole new range of vitality and life. And even my other son, Blake, now, they bring in a completely different view. A bit like I said earlier, all yeah. about walking around the paper. Mm -hmm. They look at the paper from a different perspective to me. And so I'm continually learning from them. Whilst I'm delighted that I'm able to share and teach them a number of things, I also know that they're both teaching me an awful lot as well, which is really nice to be learning from them. Yeah, that is. And tell us about this summit that's going to be happening who's going to be there what's going to be happening okay yeah so our business summit that we've got coming up well that that's been bred out of the fact that a lot of property people build property portfolios they don't build property businesses mm. and i was as guilty as anybody for that okay i didn't structure my business as a business but that's because it wasn't to me it was a pension pot um, but there's lots of people that I meet who tell me they're professionals in property um, and they're actually just building property portfolios and what I mean by that is if you've got a business, a business really should be something that can stand on its own without you. So if you're building a business, and this is what I've worked with lots of people with over the years, to build a business that you can step outside of and that business can run without you. Mm. Um, so that business should have all the systems and processes in place that you're able to have the choice as to whether you work in that business or you just work out on, on it and get the benefit from it. And so what we're doing at the Business Summit, at the, at the Twin Peaks Summit, is we're bringing together a number of professionals that we have had and paid, you know, lots and lots of money to over the last couple of years to help us grow our business. Now, these are people that are specialists in the areas of taxation um, and even accountants who, you know, are great at their job. Mm. They don't know all the elements around the taxation that you need to for your business structure. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, they're not property specialists and not tax specialists. 
Um, we're also talking, we've also got people that are coming that are going to be speaking about asset protection and management because again, that's another way that you can protect your business and grow your business and minimize your taxation. Um, we've got somebody that will be talking to you about inheritance planning um, because one of the big concerns I had a few years ago when sort of age really crept into my realization was that, you know, um, when it's my time to depart this world, um, the government will be getting massive, massive amounts of money from my portfolio that really I wanted to, yes, have to pay some, accept that, um, but want to minimise it. Mm. Um, so, you know, specialists in inheritance planning. We've also got people in, in property, you're always looking for new money. So we've got people that are coming and speaking to you about different types of crowdfunding and different ways of raising joint venture finance. And one of the other things that's really interesting, and I'm really pleased that I managed to get a speaker to come in and speak on it, is about exit strategies. Now, normally in property, people think about exit strategy from your property, but I'm talking about exit strategies from your business. So how are you planning on, what is your exit strategy? Mm -hmm. Are you building this business up to sell it on? Are you building it up so that it runs without you, so that you benefit from it? Are you building it up as a legacy to pass it on? Because really, you should be starting your business journey with knowing what the end goal is. Um, so we'll also be looking at some of the mindsets around business and some of the different systems that you can put in place to make this business grow. And so really everything that you need to know about setting up and growing your business and expanding your business is going to be covered by the specialists in that area. Now, a number of people have said to me, so is this for people who are starting brand new in property or is it for experienced people or whatever? And actually, it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because if you're starting, uh, and, and that's a quite a big claim, okay, because we have different needs at the start of the journey and at the end of our journey. Um, so what I would say is that people are starting new in property or thinking about new in property. This is a brilliant time to get all the basic systems in place, the mm -hmm. basic systems and to have an understanding of what you need as your property's grown so that the more advanced information that you'll be getting is something that you're aware of that you can then implement at a later date. So that's a great time to have that because quite often we dive into something and then we're so busy involved in it and doing things, we don't have time then to step out and think about, are we doing it all right? Mm -hmm. And is there something better I could be doing? So great time for new people or people early in their journey. Um, now, if you're already in business and you're thinking, really, I've been in the business for a little while now and I really want to start scaling it, or actually I haven't thought about it from start to finish, fantastic time to come in because now you'll already have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience in your business that you can start to truly analyse and then be able to start putting processes in place for you to be able to look at it more from the outside perspective to see what you're doing with it. Um, and so the other thing that we will also be talking about there is we'll be explaining a little bit about our journey and how we've come together. Because I've told you about the three founders that we have in Development Discovery, which is Alan, Aid and myself, and we, we started the business up. But we also were very, very aware of our skill sets and what we needed to scale and grow our business. And we've now added two more directors to the team that we've got as part of our company. Um, who are bringing in much, much more diverse knowledge in their own specialist areas. Um, so we'll be talking about how we've grown our business and what we've done for that. We'll also be talking a little bit on the strategy side that we use. And our strategies obviously primarily develop developments, which can be new builds or commercial conversions. Um, and we, some of those we will hold and some of them we will sell. 
And then that's our sort of our big pot money. And then our cash flow money we look at is HMOs and service departments. So we will be talking as well about how we do that for a cash flow basis. So people may decide that that's what they're interested in, you know, mm. to either look at the cash flow element or the development side. Um, so if they're looking strategies wise, they're the areas that we'll be looking at. But that's a small part of it because the biggest part is looking at your business as a business and growing that. It's a jam-packed event, it sounds like. It is. It's going to be, I mean, I, I'm just so, so pleased because one of the opportunities that we believe in in development discovery is contribution. And we are involved a lot in contribution and giving back and trying to do things. And, and that, you know, that that's sort of a whole other story. But, you know, I'm just so... Um, so pleased that all of these professionals that we work with now, they're not, they're not professional speakers, they're not trainers, they're not selling any courses, but what they're doing is coming along and giving the advice and the information that will enable people to actually think, okay, this is something I need to think about. Um, and, you know, if they've got their own specialists in that area, they can then go back and say, well, you know, what about this, this, this and this that I've heard at the weekend yeah. that they can start working with? Um, and they're all giving up their time freely for that weekend because we've worked with them so much over the last couple of years. Um, that they're coming along for that weekend. So, the, um, and a number of our investors that we work with are going to be there as well. A number of our partners that we JV with, they're going to be there too. Mm. Because again, to me, it's really important that the JV partners that we're working with are structuring their businesses and our investors are structuring, structuring their businesses correctly. Um, because the more information and knowledge we have, the better it's going to be for everybody, basically. Um, so it will be a jam-packed weekend. Um, and it's also a great networking opportunity because you never know who you're sitting next to in an event. Absolutely. You know, I've sat next to people in events who've turned out to be my next joint venture partner in an investment or have brought me a great deal mm. or whatever. You know, you don't know who you're there with. So I would say anybody that comes along, make sure that you learn from everybody around you in the room, not just the people at the front of the room, because there's so much value from the people in the room as as well and we learn from the people in the room as well which is fantastic and where is the summit being held what weekend is it it's the third and fourth of november so only just under two weeks away now so mm -hmm. it's third and fourth of november and it's being held just beside wembley stadium at the Nove hotel in wembley which is really easy to get to straight out of wembley park and you virtually see it there fantastic good thank you very much thank you well i hope you'll come and join us at the summit as well i certainly will brilliant thank i shall you. look forward to it if you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, then the Akiva Toolkit could be the solution you need. With its easy-to-use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first-time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today.